Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to a live back, edition of the Garn Report back it's been a couple weeks here we've been chilling i think gratefully because this season's at training camp one week from tomorrow josue pavone by my side john Crazy. on patriots tonight one you can go check tomorrow. out the patriots post game that just went off the air uh, that's available on demand at patriots press pass the patriots one which is good and we've been enduring a ton of losing in boston uh, over the summer between the Pats awful training camp and the Red Sox. I was at Fenway yesterday hey, hey, covering hey, them. That was a good game. All right. That was a good game against the Steelers. All right. Don't, come on. Let them have that right. one. All right. They can have that one. Celtics are hopefully <laughs> going to be back, boosting everyone's spirits a week from now. But instead of sunshine, optimism and uh, hype, the hype getting the hype train going into this season, Wick Grossbeck on the Boston Globe. I get an interview with Adam Himmelsbach and really ramp back expectations going into the season. I don't know if anyone got to read that. It dropped pretty late on Friday. I did a little video of it over on Celtics All Access. I gave some of my thoughts on it. And frankly, surprising statements from Wick in my mind. And listen, I get it. He's trying to beat these guys and make sure that they don't rest on the NBA Finals trip last year. Or, you know, make, make it seem like they're just going to appear year back there because they were a year ago but I found like the way he kind of dug into the expectations that they had pretty interesting I uh, view the quotes here uh, the other side of the coin he said it was thrilling being with the Celtics throughout the run but the other side of the coin is that I think we overrated I think that performance was a bit overrated in the public mind and because I'm the one saying it we were a finalist and two wins away from winning it but when you look back Brooklyn was a tough series then we had to go seven games with the Bucks and Heat. Then we lost to Golden State. So we're not the hands-down team to repeat as Eastern Conference champions. I think we're a quality team. Goes on to say they lose Gallinari. They're in the mix, like five enders in the East. Uh, but they are not the clear-cut favorite. Said he doesn't want to overrate the Celtics going into this season. I gave my thoughts already, as I said, in that Josue. Like, why would he say something like that going into camp? I think it's keeping it a hundred. I think it's keeping it honest, Bobby. I don't know. I, I don't look at it as a, a, a diss. I, I think he's letting these guys know, hey, mentally, be prepared because one, you're going to be the hunted team now, right? You're the, you're the team that won the East. All the teams are going to be headed for you. They're, you're going to get the best effort every single night. And let's face it, Bobby, the Eastern Conference is, is a lot more competitive. I mean, it's been competitive since last season, and it's only going to stay that way because teams have only either brought back their same players or they've read up, you know, they've, they've improved. So I think he's preparing his, his team for that. Now he also 
again, keeping it 100, it's true, Bobby. I mean, look, they went game seven. I, okay, the only caveat is the Nets matchup. I, I don't think it was necessarily as close as the Celtics fight in game seven against the Milwaukee Bucks and game seven against the Miami Heat. Let's face it, the Miami Heat, I mean, the uh, Milwaukee Bucks, they weren't healthy. You know, they were missing their all-star. And, and that's a big impact on both ends of the floor in Chris Middleton, right? So I, I think if you're the Milwaukee Bucks, you're thinking, look, we should be one of the favorites, or at least we're very competitive. We're very confident that we can come back and, and beat the Celtics. And, and they're not the only team thinking that. So I think Wick is just letting everybody know, or, or at least saying like, hey, look, I've seen this before. You know, you guys have never been in this position where you're the the hunted, the, the, the Eastern Conference champs, the, the team that everyone's going to try to, you know, show out and say, look, they're not as good as everyone says they are, you know? So I think that's a, that's what Wick is fairly doing. And I think he's also – Again, being transparent with his thoughts, saying, look, luck is part of it, right? Every team that goes to the final, they have to have a little bit of luck. But he's just reminding them, he's reminding everyone that, look, the Celtics fell in line the same, uh, the same line as a lot of these teams out there, right? Game sevens, competitive, uh, consecutive game sevens in, in the postseason. And, and things could have went either way in, in both of those instances. Yeah, you put it well. I'm not trying to do that in some manipulative way. He said, it's how I feel. I wouldn't pick anyone ahead of us. I, like I don't think we've got smooth sailing ahead. Yeah, it was well said. And I think it's true, too. When I look at the East, if you're going to ask me to stack it up right now, I don't think they're the favorites. You know how I feel about the Bucs, Josue. I have a lot of respect for that done that the Celtics turned around that series. And credit to them. The Middleton thing, you can say it all day long, but that's what happens in the playoffs. Guys get hurt. You get the benefit of that or you get destroyed by that and that's just how it goes every team that makes the championship gets some kind of break look at the Warriors. i thought the warriors had a really the west and they end up being the fresher team getting to the finals that was a real factor there when you look back at the routes that the celtics and warriors took to the finals Uh, so the path was tough i think it's going to be even tougher this year coming out of the east you got the Cavs. the team i always forgets the raptors they were really good last year and again i said on this show the Raptors would have been tougher. Round one of the Nets. <laughs> but you go. Where's that Canada flag? Where's that Canadian flag? I know you got it back there somewhere. Where is it at? You look at that Nets series, and it was decided by 4.5 points per game. So all four of those games in the sweep were pretty close. Uh, so this is point of reality from Wick's standpoint. And then I think we forget, too, just how injured the Heat were. It, Tucker was hurt from like the jump in that series didn't show it. ends up going down a couple games in with that hamstring. I don't think Jimmy was ever fully right in that series. And I, I believe there were a couple others in that one, a couple breaks there. You might not get those this time. And of course with Danilo Gallinari going down, the Celtics already caught a bad break to start this season, which I think happened and we're all in vacation mode and it's August and there's not much going on. When it happened, it was like, Oh, oh no like just seeing it and then there was that little point of relief like oh it'll just be a couple months there but then it turned back and the celtics haven't ruled him out but i'd be surprised if he plays this year so they're looking at not having one of their key two additions at all for pretty much most of this unless they make a really deep run yeah i mean postseason that somewhere at that point maybe he tries to make a comeback but you know how much of an impact he's going to make i mean we, we don't know it's just it's an unfortunate story but we're going to have to see how the Celtics have to make up for that because I have to go into the season. I mean, a lot of us were going into the season thinking he's going to be in this rotation no matter what, one way or another. So that's essentially losing a rotation player where you can open up a spot for somebody else, but you're still losing that production. Like, who are some of the players that you have in mind? Because 
I don't know, Bobby. A lot of these people talking about, you know, the younger guy stepping into that position or who's going to take that spot. I mean, who who are some of the people that you think could, could you know, come up on those Gallinari minutes right now? It's got to be Hauser, right? He's the only guy on the roster. Aaron Neesmith's gone. You could do some three-guard lineups, which I bet they're going to do, uh, especially as they try to put more onus on Rob to step up this year because he probably played close to third year. When the Celtics lost the finals, Ime, and I know he was asked about it, but Rob was really the first guy Ime looked to when he was talking lineup and coming back better and uh, taking on more of a load, being stronger, being healthier. I think, I remember opening day against the Knicks, 44 minutes and our heads were spinning because we never saw him do anything like that. They really pushed him last year to become a more, uh, not only reliable center, but uh, sustainable. So when we talked about Gallinari, he was probably going to be playing mostly four and minutes at the five. So he wasn't here last season. So leaning on the same guys, right? Horford, Rob, and Grant, who was great last year. But the goal this season was to ease back on the minutes on guys a little bit, right? Jared Weiss reported that they were going to have a back-to-back system where he doesn't play and a little bit more load management for Horford. He's now, what, 35? So, Hauser's going to be the key for that, right? They love him. They gave him a multi-year deal. He was awesome. See, I, don't, I don't know if that's the move, Bobby. I don't know if that's the guy who you just want to throw in there and if he's going to be ready for that position because that's a big spot. You know, that's a huge spot. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how they address that because maybe there's some other guys in the front court. You know, a lot of the players are going to be competing for a, a roster spot. You know, maybe someone like that. Who, who can who can give you some depth in the front court and relieve guys like Rob Williams and, and or, or Grant Williams? Someone like Grant could could you know grab some of some of that uh, some of those, some of those minutes if he's if he's able to take his game to another level. I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen, but I don't know if someone like Sam Hauser would be a, a shoe in to grab that spot, or even someone like Luke Cornett. Now, Luke Cornett could make a a jump; he could earn that spot, but I'm not quite sure if if uh, someone like Hauser because again, it's a it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to ask for somebody. To, to be a consistent uh, threat offensively. That's essentially what he would have to be in order to get that spot, right? Someone that he make a rely on for offensive production, you know, and maybe not in double double uh, double figures every single night, but someone that can be consistent off the bench. And he's gonna spot. have he's gonna have to earn Ime's trust, which is difficult. Uh, Ime went with a tight rotation last year, and he had his six, seven, eight guys that he trusted, <laughs> and. Everybody else in the bottom half of this rotation, which included Hauser and Cornette, right? Now they had Daniel Tice right. last season, so he was in the role that these two guys are going to be battling for here. Uh, but that's but a real what about, loss. What about Pritchard, though? Like, how does he get in there, right? Is he is he in this rotation? I mean, he's going to have to fight for it, too, right? Bobby? He's definitely not. No, yeah, he, he doesn't have any minutes as it stands right now. I think we that's can agree on that. Yeah. yeah, just like last year. And he's a guy who, in his exit interview, said, he wants to have minutes every night. He wants to have that ability to, you know, know that he's going to play 20 minutes in the game and have this amount of shots and have that stability. Cause I think that's where he thought he was for, uh, lost a little bit early last season and wasn't able to get his feet under him. And we all remember how much he struggled early in the year before he got going after that Schroeder trade. Now you like the guys who are in front of him a little more than Schroeder, but uh, he doesn't have a role right now. And I wonder if Derek White even has a role at this point. Because last season it was, what, smart playing 36, 35 minutes throughout that postseason. And, you know, White would sprinkle in a little bit behind him. And that was basically it. 
it was those two guys, man, in the backcourt. Pritchard would maybe play like eight to ten minutes. So is that what White's looking at at this point? Because backup wing's important to me, right? Brown gets a hamstring or something midway through the year. He needs a couple weeks or even just a night off here or there. They don't have a backup wing right now. And that was one of the things that Summer League Ime was talking about. You know, getting a shooter, getting a wing with size who can be consistent and reliable. And listen, I like some of the things Hauser did, especially in Maine. I wrote about for CLNS last week. He put up some amazing stats, not only from three, where he was great. You know, he shot 43% from three his whole career through college, Maine, and in his spot Celtics minutes. Uh, but we haven't seen enough of it with the Celtics. I mean, I, I had like one game last year where he actually played extended minutes. It was that one against the Bucks where no one played in April. And that's pretty much all we have of either of these guys with the Celtics, save for like those Cornet minutes after they traded for him two years ago. Yeah, I just think it's a tough spot for him, man, to, to expect him to, to step up there. But we'll see. I mean, we'll have to see how training camp goes, obviously. Uh, the preseason, what Emei thinks. You know, that'll be interesting. But, yeah, I, I just don't – I'm not sure if you're just going to put Hauser into that spot. It's tough. It is, especially with his defense because that was the concern, yeah. right, in the draft. He he doesn't get drafted at all. You're talking about a guy who shoots 43% from three his whole life. That guy's going to get drafted unless he has a serious vulnerability on the other side of the ball and he evidently does like you watch some of the tape and he's opening his hips and guys are able to go past them and he just can't keep guys in front of him which is the system right everybody switches everybody guards every yeah. position he can yeah. only really guard one position and if it's it's only if it's the right matchup yeah that's why that's why i bring up pritchard because he's gonna have to again he's gonna have to prove himself again right to email because he had to do that last year remember it wasn't exactly in the rotation, but he made him down the stretch of that regular season when he sort of, you know, he pulled back and he also put him back in when he didn't trust him during the postseason. But that's natural, you know. But is he going to be able to take that next step this upcoming year, right? It's going to be his third season it, offensively. Can he be someone that's consistent enough to that you can also rely on? Because he may also give him credit for, for how he's done, how's he, how he's um, improved defensively because that's what essentially gets him on the floor. But how is that going to mesh, you know, with limited minutes, especially with Malcolm Brogdon being in the mix now. so And we'll are see. they big enough at that point, right? Because they love being big last year. Two bigs on the yeah, floor, for sure. two huge wings, the huge point guard. That was their MO last year. That's what made yeah. them great. That's what gave them an yeah, advantage. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, thought, I feel like he's going to have to be flirting with like 40% from, from behind the arc to get minutes. I honestly do. Otherwise, he might he, he could be traded. You know, he could be a trade chip, you know, down the down the road. But we'll see. Well, that's the question they're going to have to ask with White, too, right? Because they gave up so much for him, looking back on it. Richardson, who I didn't love, but that's a real starting-level player in this league. And you give up a first-round pick that became whatever, so that wasn't too important. But then you give up that 28 swap, which was tough. And Stevens even said right after they did it, that's the one you lose sleep over, giving up a pick like that. And I, I love this defense. We and Ime said it all throughout the run. He does the little things, and he's passing, and he's moving, and he manipulates the defense. But he did really struggle offensively, especially in the finals after that big game one. And now, like I said, it's not even a slam dunk. You're talking about Pritchard, who I think has zero minutes. White don't might only have like 10, 15-ish, 20 behind Brogdon and Smart because Brogdon and Smart are going to play a ton, right? They're going to close games. I'd say I'd say 15 plus for sure. You know, I, I think that's someone that he may trust coming off the bench, but 
if he gets out to a cold start, I mean, yeah, he could lose minutes, but I, I he's not gonna have the ball. He's not gonna have the ball as much, but I think he, because of what he does defensively and because he could be someone that impacts the game in different ways, you know, I, I, I could see him getting more minutes than Pritchard for sure. You know, Pritchard's gonna be have to again, Pritchard's gonna have to really show what, what he can do offensively and, and if he can rely on him offensively. Whereas I don't think that's necessarily the case with Dwight. All right, quick pause to tell you about our exclusive wagering partners and one of our sponsors here at the Garden Report, Bet Online. Over at betonline.ag, football is back, and Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football odds, news, and game matchups. Bet Online is your continued source for all your wagering information, including live betting, free contests, and live scores. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports and events, including, of course, MLB, MMA, tennis, uh, boxing, and, of course, even golf. You know you're going to have basketball and hockey coming around the corner as well, so get ready for that. Use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that code is CLNS50. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. You know, because yeah, he's got. I mean, with Derek, because he's got other ways to be effective. You know, whether D. that's White. playing defense. I know. I yeah, swear, man. Ever since the D White <laughs> thing, I'm forever calling him Dwight. Like, it's, just, <laughs> it's so annoying. You remember the guy? I mean, you know, doing our reports. Like, I, I almost I stopped myself so many times. He always he always left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were we were we were live at like twelve thirty for those finals games. It's gonna be back to seven oh, o'clock man. starts. Uh, the orange line's yeah. gonna be back, on, which on I'm excited Boston about. Time. Yeah, yeah, we're right on time. I'll be going in on the orange line, which I think is gonna be opening tomorrow. Uh, so we're gonna be back to a little bit more normalcy soon. As we sit here on September 18th, regular season is one month away. The 76ers Celtics at the Garden is gonna kick off the season in just one month, uh, but. I, I think this team, as we see it, is what we're going to get. We kicked around Melo for a couple weeks there after Gallo got hurt. I know you and Max talked about it a little bit. That doesn't seem like it's happening. There's still a lot of veteran centers. Which is weird, man. You know you went to Syracuse, right? I'd, I'd love him in the room. I'd love him to be on this team. I'd love to talk to him after games. But playing on this team, I don't know. Why not? He's never been a guy. He's Why never not? been a guy who – what takes five shots because what did Grant do last year? Five, six shots a game, all threes, hit them at a really, really high percent, defend. That's what they need he'll a backup. Like seven to eight. He'll he'll attempt about seven days. Oh, he's gonna take 10, 12. When he gets the ball, he's shooting it. Even at this nice okay. roll. Right. If you're gonna say the whole thing would just be like a distraction, you know, too much of a distraction, okay. I'm I'll I'll buy that. But in terms of what he can do on the court still someone that can give you offense coming off the bench. I don't know. I, I think it's one of those things where if it doesn't work out, you know, you're not, you know, you're not killing yourself over it. You're like, all right, well, you know, we gave it a shot. But then again, that is sort of a mid season or I don't know. He'll be, you, a, he'll be out there. Right? If somebody, if somebody gets hurt or you need someone yeah. else to come in there. So maybe, maybe it still happens, but I get it. I'm not, I'm not heartbroken over it, but it would have been, it would have been cool. I, I, I think it would have been a, a good role for him right now. I, I, I definitely, it definitely would have been cool. I would have loved the story. He might be waiting for a role like that, too, on a team like this. You know, Miami gets yeah. an injury. He'll go there. Uh, exactly. The Clippers. Yeah. That's what, yeah, the Clippers already have a ton of guys. But right. that might be what he's waiting for. Eventually, I think that's what happens. That phone's going to ring midseason. 
when when someone goes down and uh, one of these teams that's striving for a uh, for for a championship is gonna gonna need that production. Yeah, and he might need the time off. I, I know he's chilling. I know he's relaxing. He's he's getting up there, late thirties. He's been playing for a minute. This is gonna be his twentieth season in the NBA, I believe. Him and LeBron in that 03 class. Uh, so Crazy, they've been going at it for a minute. I'd love him on Boston just to like have him on the team and see him around. And it'd probably be some value for a guy like Tatum and Brown learning from him too um, in practice and going at it. So there's some benefits for sure. I just, is he ready to not play in a game if that's what Ime's game plan is that (laughs) night? I don't know. Because that's what what he means by that though. What do you you think he's going to pout? You think he's going to like, like, Guys want to play. I don't think guys like going to teams to sit on the bench and not play, unless you're a young guy like Hauser and Cornet. And that's probably why they look at that's probably why they look at these guys and say like, all right, these guys can do what we need them to. Ten minutes if we need it, just give us those reliable couple runs, and we'll run the starters. We have a young team. We have an athletic team. We'll still rely on those guys extensively. And if we really need it, we can go to Hauser and Cornet for a few minutes. If they need a sit, they've already done that. Yeah, no, that's a good point, Bobby. Because I, I think that's what this time of the season is all about. Let's see what you got. You know, let's see what our what our prospects look like. You know, what what are they? What, what kind of improvements they made during the off season, during the summer, and which ones that we can plug into particular roles, or maybe they can make the roster, the final cut. Some guys are on the bubble, so yeah. I mean, I again, the whole distraction take, I I can see that. You know, I didn't really think about that when this whole thing started. And again, I wasn't about the whole Melo thing until the, until Gallinari got hurt. Some people were about Melo like weeks before Gallinari got hurt. Like, <laughs> Some I people have been on guys. that for years. Yeah, exactly. People have been like, "Yes, this is the you know this is the off season dude." Like everyone's been like, especially the the, the Melo fans that, that that are Celtics fans as well. So, but um, but yeah, after Gallinari went down, I, I it would have been would have been cool. But yeah, this is a good way to check your inventory if you're the Celtics right now. Check check what you got, uh, you know the G leaguers and, and see which ones who've, uh, which ones have made the most significant strides, you know, up, up until this point. So this is the conversation going to camp every year that becomes one of the biggest topics that doesn't ultimately <laughs> end up meaning that much is someone hold on, who's going to be that last guy. Someone goes, Hauser over Mello is insane. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, oh, I can't put there... it that way. You can't, you know, I'm not going to say he's the best player in the world. Or he's going to be this awesome backup. But he shows up to the court, and he's shooting 43% from three. And that is a huge benefit to have. Can he do the other stuff? That's what we're going to see this preseason. This is a big preseason yeah. for him. But also, you know, I'm looking at more... Cornette. Right. But I, this is also like, okay, let's see what you got. And then if not, we're, we're going to sub you out and, and bring in the veterans. So yep. it's a win-win if you're the Celtics, right? So it's not one of those cases where, yeah, and then no, again, like no, you said, maybe someone else finds Melo. But if, yeah. you, if you're the Celtics right now, you, you, you're willing to take that risk. You know, if he goes elsewhere, then whatever, it is what it is. But, yeah, we'll see. I'm high on – I think he can play some backup center minutes. Hauser, we'll see. He's got to do the other things. And you got to defend on this about, team. What do you think about the Brad Stevens uh, like on Twitter? <laughs> That's interesting. I love it. Doc Brad was like, never Doc liked anything was on Twitter. One thing. Like, what compels him to like, do that? Doc was liking one thing. Brad was liking something else. And I love what Brad was liking. The Luke video <laughs> thrown down, reverse slam off the crossover. Luke he's, is a good player. Him. Yeah, and yeah. his main numbers last year were awesome. He's 7'2". I mean, this guy is huge. Can fill the lane, block shots in the pick and roll. 
he's gonna be good. He's gonna be solid. Can he yeah. beat Tice? I think he can. Because Tice wasn't even that great last season. We'll I see. Know. That. That's true. Because yeah, Tice Frank- has a long NBA career. He just came runner up in the Eurobasket with Schroeder out there. So shout out to them for that. Um, right. And I just think, I just think it's funny, man, because Brad, like, yeah, he's been on Twitter for what years now. He never likes anything, and then he likes, yeah, Cornette. I mean, it's good. It's a good endorsement, obviously, of all people. But uh, you see uh, Dr. Rose's likes on Twitter or not? That's what I was saying. I I (laughs) slipped it in. I don't think we need to go any further than that. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I didn't hear you. (laughs) There's some guys at the bottom of the roster here who are interesting to me. Now, are they going to play? No. But who out of this group can come in? be a good body in practice, really give you a few minutes if some guys need a night off, it's a rest night, and maybe sneak into that backup wing conversation. And that's where Jake Lehman becomes a little interesting. We broke the story that he's coming in here on the training camp deal, and he's a native Massachusetts guy from Rentham. broke that. Bobby's report. Good stuff. I, I love it. I love the signing. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. From Rentham, can't can't shoot. You look at his numbers from three, he's 30%. He has seasons that are worse than that. So this guy ultimately probably isn't going to factor in on this roster. He's just competing for a spot here. But he's 6'8", finishes around the rim. I think he was seven inside last year with Minnesota. And he hasn't played a ton in his career with Portland and Minnesota. So... Maybe this is the spot where it works, but he's 27, 28 at this point. I don't know. I think this guy probably is what he is at this point. You got Bruno Caboclo. You got Noah Vonley. Justin Jackson's in camp, which um, I think he was doing some other opportunities out there. And he chose to come back to the Celtics uh, after a great summer league. The, I don't final, know summer. the final roster, though? He could make he the could. final roster. I, don't know. I just don't know if he's going to he play. Impact on yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. So I like Justin Jackson, actually. He was amazing in Summer League. And he was with the team briefly last year on one of those COVID emergency contracts. And he was awesome with B-League affiliate last year. So that's the guy I actually want to see how this group make it. Bruno, you're going to see Bruno playing the preseason, Josue, and he's going to look amazing. But uh, he's another floating around a bunch of teams to the start of his career and hasn't made it. Uh, so a lot of these guys yeah. that they're bringing in, Noah Vonley put in China last year. Boko was in Brazil. Uh, these are guys who just have been in the NBA for a minute and haven't really stuck on anywhere. And there really aren't a lot of minutes for the Celtics to get there. No, there isn't. But um, we'll see which ones stay around. You know, which one's going to be at the end of the bench. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's it's one of those you know situations where one of these guys can crack the rotation, but going to be that time of the year you know we'll see what they, what they got we'll see what the Celtics have moving forward and I just can't wait to see what kind of strides everyone else is going to make right you know at the preseason when the season gets going and you know what's Rob going to look like you know what's his defense going to look like you know do they return to being a top tier defense I think they will but how much of a you know defensive juggernaut they're going to be when you look at the way the regular season ended last year you can't help but wonder if that if that carries over so I can't wait what are your three biggest questions to start camp now that you say that? Because one of them for me is how smart going to look? Coming back off the ankle. That's, yeah, them a couple that's weeks one ago. of them. Um, say he's not quite 100%. Yeah, that's definitely up there. I think another question is, is the guy I just mentioned, Rob. 
you know, how's he feeling? What, what does he look like? What's the eye test look like? I, I can't wait to see that, you know, because I, I think this team can go, can, can be the top team in the East all year long if he's healthy. You know, if he's that guy all year long, then we're talking about the Celtics essentially, again, being a top two team in the East or, or essentially being at the top when the, when the season ends, which would be one heck of, a, of an accomplishment when you think about the, the competitiveness in the Eastern Conference. So that's another one. And I think my third question would be is, how will Tatum and Brown respond, you know, as a cohesive unit, you know, coming back from the NBA finals and coming up short, I I think both of them will can take their games to the next level, but how will that relate to one another? So those are probably my three questions right there. Smart, Rob, Tatum and Brown. I'm interested in when they're going to have the final station. Cause I thought that was another interesting thing. Smart said to me is they haven't talked as a team about the finals yet, which is understandable, I guess, cause they were all on vacation. They haven't really been until now, and everyone's back at training camp now ahead of the start next week. What kind of conversations need to be had? You love talking about a tough conversation between Brown and Tatum. Do any need to be had within um, this team about the finals and how it went and what they need to learn from it? Just rehashing what went wrong, you know, just go, going through it. and, and Going and, back through the tape, you maybe? Know, maybe not even necessarily that, but just more like what you remember from it and – and, and seeing if you can cut those mistakes out now, you know, I, I would, if I'm the Celtics, if, you know, everyone that's been there, most of these guys are coming back. You, you got to talk about that stuff, you know, talk about your feelings, talk about you know, what, what went wrong and what kind of habits that, that, that they have to withstand throughout to make sure that that doesn't happen again, you know? So hopefully that does happen. Hopefully yeah. this trend, they're about their feelings and how things went down last year, because that's what a lot of these teams, I think it's going to be honestly, you know, Bobby, that's going to be something that um, a lot of teams are going to be doing because look look around the Eastern Conference. I mean, some teams added a couple of pieces here and there, but a lot of these guys, they, they're, they're running it back. You know, they're, they're, they got the same roster. They got the same fire, competitiveness. You know, that none of that's really gone out the window. It's not like a lot of teams out there are aging, you know. So I, I think if you're the Celtics, you have to um, think that you sort of have things on your side because you have the, uh, the, 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 the youth, you know, you're sort of a younger team compared to the other teams in the Eastern Conference, at least the top tier teams. And you got a brand new uh, weapon, six man, you know, slash a closer in, in Malcolm Brogdon. You know, that that's probably the biggest pickup or one of the biggest pickups out of those top teams in the Eastern Conference, you know, and the Celtics are, 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 are that team that made that move. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, I guess the final one is Grant. So, the Celtics are in this negotiation extension. He's eligible. Uh, they can sign him and lock him up for three, four more years after this. I think is yeah, it'd be four years max. And one of the reports that was out there during the summer that I don't think we got into was that that Keldon Johnson extension that he signed, four years, eighty million, could be kind of seen as a bar for Grant, which is I think crazy to think about that <laughs> that. Grant could be making twenty million a year, but you know, a guy who shoots forty percent from three, defended Giannis and yeah. Durant at a high level, who's a pseudo starter. You know what's what's smart making twenty million a year? I think Grant looks at it and is like, all right, I can defend Giannis no, and Durant. Smart's, smart's a little less, but not yeah, that, it was, yeah, rounding it was up, being that being that ballpark. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Grant would get the Johnson. Johnson's a wing. He's one of the stars on San Antonio. He's one of the centerpiece guys. Uh, but yeah. I'm interested to see if they get something done here. Now, we've talked to Grant a couple of times this summer, and he doesn't seem too worried about it. Like, he's not going to be a kind of 
the guy who's going into camp when I'm going to get my deal and blah, 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 blah. So I think he'll be able to play through it. But I think from a Celtics perspective, it probably makes sense because two years ago, he has this awful sophomore season. Everyone in our comments wants him gone, released. And then last year, he was one of the X-Factors on this team. So which Grant is the real Grant is what we're going to see this season. Worth going through the year, uh, seeing what they get from him. And then he's a restricted free agent next summer, so you have those rights on him. I mean, if someone wants to throw a huge bag at him, you hit. Uh, but they're in yeah, an interesting he, spot with him because they need him at this point, especially with Gallo gone. Yeah, that's true. That that's there's a little more pressure on Grant, but I I think um, I think that's in the Celtics' favor to just go into the seasons and see if he can duplicate those numbers or at least, you know, improve on them. I mean, he was essentially the best three point shooter on the team. He shot forty one percent. Can he duplicate that? If he does, then that's a that's a asset for the Celtics moving forward. That's a guy that you're going to rely on coming off the bench. And if he takes his numbers up to another level, then yeah, I, I think you you have to um, consider bringing him back, you know, for sure. So I don't know if the Celtics go ahead and, and re-sign him now. Let's see if he can if he can do this again, especially now that he has that the, the minutes and he has the opportunity to do so. Yeah, and it might not be a good move to give him the big money right now. Because that could become a bad con. He has any regression at all. We look what happened with Duncan Robinson, exactly. which is just still kind of crazy to think about. And Robinson's a completely different player. I saw someone throw his name out in the chat, but... Now and he doesn't even play for the Heat, which you know you do that extension, you get a guy in early, you give him a long-term deal and money that he's earned to that point. The contract that you give a guy is about what he projects to do going into the future, and I still see some growth possible from Grant. They can see it too, and I, I think he's going to have to kind of prove that he's worthy of that upwards of twenty million because I think a lot of players are looking at now. There's about to be a new TV deal, new CBA. You sign a deal now, that's the money you're locked into even after the cap goes way up. So guys are going to be probably fighting for that extra million and two million bucks now. Yeah, um, so you know. much, <clears throat> so much grand slander right now in the comment section. <laughs> Jeez. Here's the thing though. You got to keep them. Like, Eric, you might yeah, have to pay but you know where this is coming from though, right? This is, uh, what have you done for us lately? You know, let's face it, after game one. Yeah, I mean, look, he can, you can rope them in. <laughs> Lights and you can rub them in with pretty much anybody else you want from that second unit that just didn't show up after game one. Just you know how many disappears. You know how many shots he hit over the last three games? How many shots he hit? Yeah. Two, three? Three. Yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, he's he's got he's got something to prove here. And I don't think an extension's gonna get done before the season. It doesn't make sense. For you, the side, I don't think like the Celtics say we're at this number and he's going to come in high, and that's sort of how the negotiation goes. They're going to be in two yeah. different places, and where's they're going to settle? His president is probably going to have to dictate that exactly. Like you, you, you brought up Tyler Hero, man. He went off that that year in the bubble, that playoff, so he was coming off of that, you know. So, yeah, we'll see. I Hero still has an extension either. He's another guy who might end up becoming a free agent next summer, but restricted. That's a good thing. You mm -hmm. take a out of free agency, they point, and you get that right, right to keep right. them. You take, that, you take that chance, and then if it, you know, if you have to match the contract, if you think it's worth it, then you do so. We got some sponsors here, good friends at the Garn Report. You brought up a good point, though. I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna, go I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tease it right now. We'll, we'll talk about it on the other side, but you brought up a good point about about Grant and uh, essentially his future in Boston. I'll, I'll, I'll expound on that in, in a few minutes. Look go at ahead. that. 
Joseph Sway's in mid-season form here with the T's. <laughs> I got the rust out, you know? Let's go. AG1, our sponsor here at the Garden Report, Athletic Greens. Someone messaged me. They said they got it. They're looking for the phenomenal shirt, which still we're offering it. It's right here. The first piece of Garden Report. No, give me one of those. Coming soon. Send it over. <laughs> Nick. Throw it in the mail. We need them. We want to all wear them on ship opening out, night. Ship out a dozen to Brockton right now. <laughs> <laughs> Athletic Greens, they've been great. They've been an awesome supporter. I think we've loved this product as much as any sponsor we've had here. Because what is it? You pour your glass of water in the morning. You throw a scoop of AG1 in it. And that's all you have to do. That's all the work there is. You're getting 75 vitamins, minerals adaptogens, probiotics for your gut health. These are all the little things you need for your health. And now the fall is coming. It's out there. You're getting out early. It's like 48 degrees in the morning. It might get a little cold. This has vitamin D, which is immune. And, you know, you eat an orange or something. All these little different things you do for your health. It's all in this one powder. So that's the thing about this. It's easy. It's got that tropical flavor. Uh, and, you know, the gear that it comes with, if you get a subscription, is really cool. Nice bottle to shake it up in. A nice container, green theme, hold it in. And the reviews are through the roof, Joe Sway. Like, like, they don't have to believe us on this. You go to any site that's selling yeah. it, their reviews are five stars. Everybody's saying they love it. This is a great product. We've all been on it for two months, feeling a little more energetic, feeling a little healthier, you know, with exercise and diet. They have a great offer. Of course, we're throwing in a phenomenal T-shirt. If you give it a try, see if it's for you, and you're going to get a T-shirt, they're going to give you a year's supply of vitamin D, like we said, immune boosting, and five free travel packs with your first purchase, which, again, on the go, you run into work, just rip it open, pour it in, boom, there's your travel pack. So that's all you're going to get with athleticgreens.com slash garden. Ton of value. You've been taking in this show sway like we all have it's easy yeah, man That's i've been on it for about a month day. now yeah it's good it gives you that uh i keep telling people it gives everyone that uh that second win that midday second win but you don't need the coffee and you know it's, it's natural so um i've been uh trying to as i took a sip of my my coffee i haven't tried to cut back on coffee it's my first one of the day but um <laughs> that that that's a big help for me you know 9 30 you're gonna be up all night show sway no, I'm good. You know, I'll get some work done, and then all of a sudden, I'll, I'll, I'll pass out. Just like a couple hours after I have a cup of coffee, I can go right to sleep, so I'm good. That's athleticgreens.com slash garden. Shout out to them. They've been an awesome sponsor here, loving their product. Again, a lot of cool gear that you can get with it, too, if you sign up for the subscription. Absolutely. So give it a month. Give it a try for a month. You'll get all that stuff. You'll see if it's for you, and uh, you'll get a T-shirt, and you'll be supporting Sealiness Garden Report. Our other sponsor here. You know them well. I wish Jimmy was here because I think he loves this product more, more than anyone else. Is calm, calm.com oh, slash garden. You're going to get 40% just, off. Just take over the read right about now. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get 40% off a premium subscription with calm support. What do you get here? Sleep sounds, the rain, mm. the lightning, the beach, the cruise ship, you know, the whatever calm of the day. It is you, love, you love the calm of the day. Tell people about Joe Sway. So it's about 10 to 12 minutes every single day. Just uh, a, a great way to just do a quick meditation or even just, I, I call it again, you know, 
it's just the calm of the day. I always tell people like that. If you just say it's a meditation, I'm like, yeah, I, that's a part of it. But it's also just a way to just unwind for 10 to 12 minutes. And every single day is a different way of, of breathing techniques and just ways to just essentially just check out for a second, right? Check out for about 10 to 12 minutes and then resume, go back into your day, go back into your routine, feeling refreshed. You know, that's essentially what it did for me. So guys, check that out for sure. And that's I'll what be, this uh, is all about. Your morning. I'll, I'll, I'll be firing that up way more often during the during the regular season, but yeah, that's uh, that was always my go-to, the call of the day. Yeah, your morning, your afternoon, your night, right before bed. Those are the most important times. Sleep, essential to a guy like LeBron James as well. He always says sleep is the number one driver of his production. And uh, calm is for all of those different things. And if we're you're going to try the app, gives you the tools to improve the way you feel, reduce stress and anxiety through those guided meditations that Joe Sway mentioned, your focus, music tracks, to rest and recharge, uh, sleep stories for children and adults, new daily movement sessions are available now as well. There's a little bit of something for everybody sounds going to sleep. That's my big one. Uh, Calm.com slash garden. You'll get access to everything they can offer there. 100 million people around the world use Calm, Joe Sway. So Calm is ready to help you stress less, sleep more, and live a happier, healthy life. That's com.com slash garden, C-A-L-M.com slash garden for 40% off uh, com's entire library, unlimited access. Uh, so shout out to the sponsors. A few other things here before we wrap. Uh, the first one that's more concrete here is Dennis Schroeder, old friend Dennis Schroeder, going back to the Lakers. I love the Lakers, Joe Sway, not for reasons that i'm a big fan of them or that i love to watch them <laughs> no no they're just entertaining you that's what they it is. are so you entertaining the, the drama they got, they got a little bit of everything for you you know some entertainment some star power it is non-stop <laughs> drama is. and you know I, i've grown to love their fans too because no fan base gets up and stays up all night for patrick beverly trade dennis Schroeder signing and anything the team does even something You're talking about lakers spaces on yes. Twitter. <laughs> Lakers spaces, they're going to argue all night over Austin Reeves saying something. <laughs> like, that's how they are. I love the passion. Maybe we'll start a Lakers podcast. I think we actually have a Lakers podcast here on CLNS Media. And again, they love to talk about this team. And man, did they give them something to talk about re signing Dennis Schroeder, who was on this team in 2020 21. They were an amazing team that season through the regular season, coming back off the championship. Schroeder uh, was awesome for much of that regular season as well. Then you had a few weird moments that he was awful in that first round against the Suns. Uh, the he made some comment in an interview in German that I'm unvaccinated. Uh, you know, I don't like to take painkillers and. The only other guy on the team that's unvaccinated is LeBron. And everyone's like, LeBron's unvaccinated and it became this whole storm. LeBron, so that was like, a couple of, really? that was a couple of years ago. You also have the thing where he reportedly turned down an $84 million contract. So that's what a lot of people are talking about with this one. Signed with the Celtics last year on a, um, I believe, was it a mid-level? Yeah, it was a mid-level exception. So five, five six million. Yeah. Now he's back on the really? Lakers on a minimum. So he's made about what, 10 million bucks or so, where he could have made 84 million. Head back to LA, where they already have Westbrook, Allegedly. Beverly. Uh, I guess this is just where Schroeder's at. He made the first team all Eurobasket. He was amazing with Germany. 
John and Jimmy love this guy, I think, a little bit more than you and I did during his time here. It seems like trading him was a real turning point last season. Uh, and now he's going to join LeBron, Lakers, and that whole combustible situation, which I can't see going any better than last year. Like, these moves they're making are just kind of head spinning. Yeah, but then it makes you wonder what's what's the uh, what's the big move here? Like, what what is leading up to? Some with Westbrook that, that people are talking about is do they finally trade Westbrook and to, to Utah? I mean, out of all the teams, that's one team that I think would take Westbrook just to take that salary cap and I mean take that salary in and and sort of keep the tanking movement going. You know, Danny Ainge has done that before in the past where you're taking guys in just to sort of keep it going and the minimum contracts and just see where you lay, you know, see where, where the picks fall in a few years or so. But for the most part right now, I, I'm, I'm with you. I, they're definitely not a favorite. I mean, do they make the playoffs? Maybe. I mean, with all the pieces that they made so far, but until they trade Westbrook, until they figure that whole thing out, they're not going to be one of the top four or five teams in the West right now. Just not, not on paper. I mean, they're not going to get that. not going to get that recognition. Now, if that deal does go down though, Bobby, what do you think about that? Even if it's just someone like Mike, I Carver, think they look a lot better. Yeah. yeah, don't they? I, I'm, I'm with you. If that goes down, and this is what they, makes me. If, if this they get is what really another shooter. If they get Mike Conley, you know, a facilitator who also happens to shoot, I don't know, 38, 39 percent from behind the arc. I mean, maybe a little lower now, but he still got a little juice left in his career. I mean, that would improve this team dramatically. I think. That's what I don't get, and this is what I'm trying to figure out. That Westbrook situation <laughs> went horrible last year. It, it, like, there was not, there weren't even signs yeah. that it might work. That's a big misstep, man. Was it huge. was an absolute disaster. One of the worst trades ever when we're going to look back on it. They trade a couple of champions in Kuzma, KCP. They got rid of Caruso to keep THT, and now they're trading THT. For, it's a disaster. And listen, yeah. I know it's a Celtics show, and we were, well, what are they talking about the Lakers for? But there's the rivalry here. You want both these teams to be good at the same time. 2020, we almost got a Celtics-Lakers finals, and now they win that championship. Celtics kind of had an off year in 2021 as well. And now the Celtics are still up here in contention level. And like you said, I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers are right back at 11 as they stand. Now, if they do a deal like Harden for uh, Westbrook for uh, Miles Turner and Buddy Heald, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that team looks much better immediately. We all know about about Buddy Heald going to L.A. a year ago. So it wouldn't shock me if if they reignite that. And that would have changed everything. It's kind of funny to think that they're floating Westbrook for him now, possibly. But the Utah right. one makes some sense, too. Like, Conley's a shooter. Bogdanovich yeah. is a guy they've looked at. Uh, they got too. Jordan Clarkson used to play for the Lakers. For sure. There's a lot of guys on the Jazz that could help the Lakers. And I think the Jazz is a fire sale there at this point. Is there anyone on that team that would interest the Celtics? I was looking at it. Rudy Gay, Maybe. Maybe. I like Jared team. Vanderbilt. So there's a couple guys there that could make Vanderbilt, sense for the Celtics yeah. too. Are Danny and Danny and Brad getting on the phone, you think? Like is that a dynamic that where they got a relationship? Uh, I don't know. If I'm Brad, I'm thinking do I really want to send Look a out. first round pick? Because that's always gonna be it, right? Give me a first rounder. Like, oh no, I don't want two late second, I don't want two 2028. 20, you know, second rounders. I want I want the first round pick. So I, I think if you're willing to go that route for someone like 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 some of the guys you mentioned, a Vanderbilt or maybe, but I don't know if I don't know if Brad does that. I don't know. So that's what's going on in Lakers land. It makes my head spin every day. I love talking with my Lakers fans about the disaster going on out there. Uh I guess the other only note I saw this week is uh P 
people were kicking this around. It was a loose report. I think it got deleted that the NBA might be announcing expansion this preseason. When Adam Silver got asked about it at the finals, uh, he said there's no plans for expansion right now. But the rumor has been for a minute that Seattle and Vegas are going to get NBA teams sometime in the near future here. And that, of course, leads to an expansion draft. I think you got to protect eight players, which shouldn't be too hard on the Celtics when the time comes. And who knows who's going to be on the Celtics at that point. It'll be like 2024, 25-ish probably if this happens. Uh, but expansion could be coming. I, our Danger Cart, who uh, tweets about the Celtics and you know used to write for Celtics Hub, I believe, put together like this little tool to do an expansion draft if if you know the guys who are likely going to be protected by teams were unavailable right now, who would become available, and it it'd be those big contracts, right? The teams don't really want so Seattle yeah. and Vegas would be picking up like John Walls of the world or, you know, well, John Walls on a smaller deal now, so he's not a great example, but maybe like Russ or Gordon Hayward or uh, Porzingis. Those would be the kind of guys who would probably be available in expansion draft, along with some young guys, along with all those jazz names that we mentioned. Uh, so you wouldn't be a great team starting off right away if you're Seattle or Vegas, but Seattle was a great, great team for a long time. I think people miss that franchise. And you know, we've done the Vegas thing, Josue, and, it, you know, that is the great, great city to go to and visit and watch basketball. The summer league there has been a huge success. So I'm really excited about these teams coming to the fold. The other factor is I think the three teams that would probably come east would be New Orleans, Minnesota, or Memphis. And those are, all, you know, three really good teams with great futures. Uh, who could potentially be joining the East sometime over the next couple of years here. So there's a lot of different factors here that make this super interesting. Yeah, no question. I mean, I feel like the NBA has been flirting with this idea one way or another in the last four or five years. So I don't know, man, whether smoke this fire. I mean, I don't know if this year they would, it would happen this year, but. No, it'd probably be a couple of years from now. Sometimes in the near, near future for sure. Yeah. This person likes Vancouver, another city in Canada. Well, over. if they make that announcement though. That'll be that'll be something they did it this year. Apparently, those preseason games are in Vegas, and again, I don't know if this report was 100% true, but apparently, the Lakers are playing a game in Seattle, and another team's playing a game in Vegas or something like that. So it makes sense if they're doing something like that to have those announcements in those spots. A, a couple of teams are playing uh, off-site preseason games this season, and the Celtics are actually among them, uh, going to Montreal for that second Raptors game. So that's something to look forward to next month. I believe uh, the Raptors are playing a game in, uh, uh, you know, some other Canadian city as well. I forget what we played. Well, yeah, the, the um, that matchup against the Hornets is not in Charlotte either. It's in uh, Greensboro, I think. Greensboro. So there's a couple of sites yeah. off, off site. I know Tatum would want a team in St. Louis, and then the Celtics would lose them. But that's probably not happening. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as his contract is done, he would be. That's what he says. He doesn't even he hide that, it. Yeah, he said that in, in, on, for the record. He was like, if they open up a team in St. Louis, that's that's the only thing that would make me think, all right, I got it. Was it Winnipeg? I think Winnipeg's that other city the Raptors are playing in. Yeah, so I'm thrilled. I think expansion would be fun. I, I think the protect, don't protect conversations, always interesting. But again, you get to protect eight players. What would that be now for the Celtics? Like Tatum, Brown, Rob, Smart, Brogdon, uh, White, Horford, 
you know, you pretty much cover all your rotation guys right through pretty quickly. There might be like one tough decision every team faces. The Celtics don't really have that big contract that they're trying to unload to right now, fortunately, with Kemba gone. Um, that's the other interesting thing to start this camp. Kemba still hasn't been released by Detroit. Uh, so we'll see where yeah, he Yeah, what do you think that is, man? I was Hard. reading... It's harder to uh, it's hard to do a buyout, or at least you're not gonna want to do a buyout if you don't have a team lined up. You know, I think that's, that's what it is, right? Yeah. So thanks. We might not see Kemba this year, or again, who knows? Uh, after he was starring with the Celtics just a couple years ago, it was that All Star game, right, where he played 40 minutes, is where it all went downhill. Yeah. Man, so Kemba's still a member of the Pistons. Maybe they just keep him. Why not? Have him in the room. Have him as a leader, whatever. Why not? It's a young team. Jaden yeah. and I did yeah, use the mentorship. But uh, that's, what's, that's what's going on. One week from tomorrow, we will be at Media Day. Celtics coming together for all their interviews, photos, all the rest there that they do every yes, season sir. to start training camp. And then uh, I believe they'll be doing training camp right in Boston this season. No trip or anything like that. So that's what's coming up. I'm sure we'll be going almost daily starting next week here on the Garden Report. Some people coming in and out, guests, Joe Sway, John, Jimmy, Sherrod, all back in the fold. Vacation's over. Celtics season is here. Of course, Patriots season is as well. John tonight on the Patriots postgame show, so go check that out. Uh, Go check out Celtics All Access. I didn't get my grant thing on, man, my take. Ah, you teased it and you didn't (laughs) let it out. I know. I was going to wait for that. I was gonna wait for you to finish, but then I'm like, shit, I think we're running out of time here. No, I was just I was gonna say real quick. I, I wanna say you you mentioned this after game six, or maybe at some point one of those first garden reports that we did, right? When the NBA finals wrapped up. But you were like, look, right now, this is a good spot for Grant, a huge spot for Grant, because obviously the contract situation that we talked about, but also he's essentially lined up to be the replacement for for Al in a couple of years, right? That role, you know, whether that's being a starter or whether that's being that flexible guy that can give you that three-point touch also be a little bit of a playmaker for you and and do other things you know can he be that guy can he prove himself so i think this year could sort of that bridge year where we see he can take on more responsibility because the subs are already talking about resting al in the second nights of back-to-backs and they're going to sort of reel him back when you think about all the playing uh, all the minutes that he stacked up during the postseason which is obviously a good thing because you want him to be as refreshed as possible going into the next postseason so this is a big spot for Grant. And obviously, he's going to have to really prove his worth here, as you, you you mentioned, right after the NBA Finals. And now it feels like even more so when you look at, you know, the signing of, of, of Danilo Gallinari, and then he goes down now, and he's going to essentially miss the entire regular season. I'll throw in there, too. Al, I, we were looking at Al and saying, oh, all right, that's great. He, he's rejuvenated. He's going to come off this $26 million deal, and maybe you get him back on a minimum, and all of a sudden the roster money-wise balances out a little bit. Listen, Al's made a lot of money in his career, but if he's still playing at an all-defensive level, he might say, I'm not taking a minimum. We want, I want $10 million, something like that. And maybe at that point you pay for it, but that's the other thing. If he keeps playing at a high, high level here, I don't know if he's taking a discount either next summer. You know, yeah. You're going to have to pay him if he's playing at a high level, even though he's made a ton of money throughout his career. You play at a high level to make more money. And, uh, right, and again, Grant's going to have to prove himself. He's going to have to prove that he can actually take his game to that level because that's that's what it's going to take for him to to, to secure a, a starting job, right? The Southern are going to give him the bag if he's if he's not a starter, you know? So he's going to have to prove himself. He yeah, he's an everyday he's, starter for E-Man. He's got to shoot 40% from three again. That was so key this year. When the Warriors switched on him, 
that really took him out of the game. So how does he counteract that? He used to post up really well in college. Right. So that's something you'd like to see him uh, implement as well. That's what they want to do with Gallinari, Brad was saying during the summer. That's why I'm a little excited about Hauser. I want to see what he can do in that area too because he's a big body. He can post and shoot over guys as well. Uh, those guys just need opportunities. And again, there's a lot of guys with stuff to prove, as you said, Josue, this camp. Grant's got to come back in prime form. Al's looking awesome in those pictures, by the way, that they're posting him training camp. He looks like he's in elite shape coming in in this camp. Yep. So, yeah, I saw that. So he's going to be ready to roll more than anyone, I would imagine. And Tatum and Brown are back in the facility. It's it's go time here. So all our coverage daily of this team, and we are on the ground just as much as anybody else out there covering this game. Celtics All Access. Uh, just go to youtube.com slash Celtics All Access on CLNS. Subscribe there. We do news videos. We do impromptu garden reports like tonight. It's all available over there. All our Celtics content. Uh, of course, check out the Cedric Maxwell podcast with Joe yes. Sway and Cedric Great Maxwell. Plug, Bobby. Absolutely. We had we had, we had a lot of fun in that last episode. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but check it out. It just went live uh, this morning. So, yeah. So, new episode of that's out. A Shrive Blakely, contributor here on uh, the Garden Reports. Got the A list, which has been rolling throughout the offseason with Gary Washburn now full time. What uh, up, Joey? Juan Lunas, good friend. And uh, he's got full court press. Bulletin. That's where you can get his NBA coverage. Of course, shout out to com, com.com slash garden. Go check out that for 40% off the premium subscription. Athletic Greens, still giving you once a year supply of vitamin D, five free travel packs when you go to athleticgreens.com slash garden, as well as the phenomenal t-shirt. Yo, send those shirts. We're waiting on them. All right, he is Joe Clay Pavone. I'm Bobby Manning. Great to chat with you guys. Thanks for jumping in the room late night here after some football. And uh, we'll be back sometime over the next week here, probably for media day next week. I'd imagine it's the next day we'll go live. So we'll see you then.